This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Alex Cross. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the bewildered, embittered, sweater-clad, jasmine-smelling, tuft of gleam energy and sweet music, Mr. Justin White, how's it going? Cosby's out. <laughs> oh, he's gay? Um, <laughs> it's going all right. It's the 4th of July, Nick, and we are, uh, we're doing this on a holiday. I mean, and it, yeah. It had sure. to be done, right? I mean... It had to be done. Is there anything more American than the movie Microscope? You know? <laughs> no. But the great thing is, when you have a fan base this small, and you find out that you have listeners, at least two, down under, yeah, in England, it makes you feel like this America thing is just a little tiny piece of the old puddle. Can we get an Antarctica, a listener from Antarctica? Yeah, I can't yeah, say it. Yeah. Antarctica. Do you think we can get a listener from there? Do you think anybody's listening uh, by the fire? Yeah. I would like to think that there's only two things keeping them alive in that tundra. Hmm. Zooms and food. Yeah, maybe the, the thing is down there listening to us. I wish that was real. It simulated everyone. Now it's looking for something else to do. You know, they knew they know they the. Uh, Humans will come upon. They know it was immediately an alien that was a, trying to approximate a human because it was listening to the movie Microscope. They knew it was a fraud. You know. Oh, I think if if they shot the thing today and if it was a nonfiction, mm-hmm. it would thaw out and by and before the body was uh, room temperature, it'd have a podcast <laughs> more successful than this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always wanted to go to, to Antarctica. By the way. I always wanted to to, to take a, a boat ride down there and you know see it. Yeah, maybe get out, walk along the the frostbitten shore. Can you do that? Do they allow you to do that? Yeah, yeah, they do. You know, high five a seal. The thing's first podcast is like, uh, what'd you do today? I I made a guy ruin his chess. He ruined chess because of me. You know, right? What did you do? Is it ruined chess or ruined chest? Because ruined is both. It's true. No, no. Yeah. He makes somebody ruin chess. Mm-hmm. And he ruins someone's chest. That's what I'm saying. That's what's happening. That's yeah. both those things happen. And the movie we're doing today features chess at one point. I think it would be great if the thing did hatch, was real, did ruin everything, mm-hmm. and had the most party boy voice. <laughs> Hello, I'm the thing. <laughs> oh my god, you're here. 
<laughs> they should have voiced the thing. It did have a voice, right? It was kind of like a backward record in a way. It had that weird, like, unintelligible, like, moaning. But they should have clarified what it was saying and maybe added a little, like, you're you're doing a little swerve to it. Yeah. Flourish. <laughs> yeah, the sweet-ass thing voice. It's just a cute, cute thing. Thing was kind of cute. I mean, I mean, it was mean, but cute. Yeah, and and honestly, it took the it took the persona. A lot of times, it had to it had only you had to work with raw materials, and it wasn't able to really escalate. But I bet you the thing in its natural form is freaking curvy and cool. Uh, that's one thing you don't know that you didn't know about. That. If you read the trivia of the movie, it didn't necessarily come across in the filming. The thing, a little bit of a klutz. No, really. Yeah, had a lot of um, you know accidents and trips. He had, and he had two left. There. He had he had two left Donald Moffats. <laughs> Donald Moffat still with us? No, fortunately not. Are you I'm sure? I'm positive he's gone. Donald Moff, you're positive, huh? I would bet your life on it. I wonder if it's recent. Then it's is in he... the past five years, but he is super dead. You're right. Uh, 2018 died in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Perfect. Cool place to end it. What a good actor. Also, uh, Cicely Tyson, who's in this movie. She yeah, just she died. This very year. recently, yeah. And she did the, to her credit, acting right to the end. She was almost like she was getting towards 100. She's still still acting, still right. killing it. Yeah. Mike's mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, little Zoom. And Donald Moffat, I, can't, I can only name two movies I remember him right off the bat that he's in. But he was one of those guys that was always one of those background players you just love to see. In a, in a, in a better earth... Him and James Cromwell would be would be splitting roles. Mm. Well, not anymore. I wonder how old he was in the thing. Like if he was our age or <laughs> younger, it probably was younger. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true, but he definitely looked old in the thing. You know. Well, the funny thing is, the only reason he was cast, and this was in the commentary that Kurt Russell did with Carpenter, is that he had this party trick where he would make. Fingers go into his face, and they loved it. So they wrote a scene for him in the movie. Wilford Brimley also recently. Passed the, world, the, the world is is uh, it's sloughing off good people right now. It's just shaking them off of their its its globe. Not cool, Earth. Yeah, not was, cool existence. Yeah. Well, what is this? What's what? Let me kind of I zoom in. What? <laughs> There, there is a long list of greats that are just lining up to go scuttering off into the twisted space. You know, I mean, I mean, how far off can Jack Nicholson be? Morgan Free, you know, and you know, the world you're born into it makes little to no sense. And as you get older, it makes less and less. And what what you do to make order within it is you start a podcast. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Yeah. And you zoom in and you try your damnedest to make sense of what yeah. everyone else has put out there. And I think we've done a pretty yeah. fantastic job. Well, in the ever-present darkness, we, we provide a beacon that people can drift towards. They're never really close to it, but they're drifting towards it, squinting. And uh, it's, it's the confidence in knowing that at least I'm going towards something real that gets mm -hmm. them through. They'll never get there. And ultimately, the darkness will consume them. But for an hour and a half, you're not shitting and bleeding yourself completely. Speak for yourself. You know, at the end of all this, when they're doing the review, right? And then, you know, the guys in charge, the, the men and women or whatever, the entities in charge, like, did they ever figure it out? Did they ever get anything right? In life? And then just, you know, what did they do? Did they figure it out? And the one person like, not exactly, but the movie Microscope Boys did do a wrong turn 2021 podcast. So, yeah, yeah. Almost two hours long. 
That was like one of the shorter ones for us, wasn't it? Yeah, cut cut from like 155 down to 130. I like the idea that it, there is some sort of afterlife uh, that's organized and has shit going on. Be nice, and yeah. I like the idea of it, and I like even more the idea of us not even being invited to that. Like we we uh, we we rolled three sets of doubles. We're in we're in fucking hell. We're in jail. We're done. You get up there to heaven's like the the bad news is you died. The good news is there's a heaven. You guys got here. You made it. More bad news. COVID also died and made it in. <laughs> this is the most introspective and metaphysical we've been on this show, and I can only attribute that to Alex Cross. <laughs> he did it. He did it. I had this movie during it had me had it really did have me thinking about my life and why I was watching this movie on Independence Day. There's plenty of movies out there right now. I'm watching Alex Cross from 2012. Yeah, well, I um I recently went into the back end and I uh, changed this to a psychology and self help podcast. Do what do what you can to get it out there. Have you not already done that? If you like the omnivore's dilemma, you might like the movie microscope. What is the movie microscope, by the way? It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through blockaded souls and eyes and tits and birth. And we weave a pattern of nightmares into our own rug. And we uh, traipse around, spinning and skirmishing as we can, like a dervish without a hat. <laughs> we take time to taste the taste of the tapeworms. And we put ourselves through nourishment at the best speed possible. You Watch sound, a film you, through. <laughs> you sound like the Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <sighs> Watch film through defeated eyes and share with the likes of you. See what makes or breaks. If we're talking about don't say a word. We would talk about the scene where Michael Douglas is witnessed by Brittany Murphy parting his hair on the side and dying from pneumonia as a result. Talk about the little moments. There's a ton of them in Alex Cross. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> what is that movie? <laughs> it exists? Don't you dare forget that movie. <laughs> Tell me anything about it. What, the poster, the poster had blue on it. There was blue. <laughs> Hold on. Our first Zoom <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> are you are you one hundred percent sure? I, yeah, because I think we did. Uh, I think Chud was partnered up with it or something back in the day. Mm. There was something about that movie that was very exciting to me. Somehow I was thrilled for it. Uh, somebody either somebody was in it or somebody wrote it or. Something. Well, Brittany Murphy was no slouch. I liked her and stuff. Yeah. She's actually right now uh, sharing a bag of granola with Donald Moffat. <laughs> they buddied up in the afterlife, huh? Yeah, that's my that's my wish. Let's see. Don't say a word. I'm looking that ass up. You'd be the first. Blue. All over the poster. Fuck yeah. Michael Douglas, Brittany Murphy, Sean Bean. Gary Fleeter directed that. That's probably why I was excited. Fomke. Yeah, and that, that it, it all makes sense now. Sean, Sean Bean and Fomke together. And God damn it, the cast goes on and on. And once again, Lance Reddick shows up. What the fuck? Oliver Platt, Jennifer Esposito had a career that kind of fizzled pretty quick. Paul Schulz, he was the uh, priest in Sopranos. Jennifer Esposito once once married to Bradley Cooper, I believe. You and your I, hot fucking goss always. Mind if I zoom in? You're right. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Short-lived. Short-lived marriage. It I mean, is creepy, isn't it? It's they it had it. Creepy. They lived together. They were married for a year. Mm -hmm. Short-lived. You know what? She sold too quick on him. 
she did. She, she didn't get to reap any benefit. She did not get to go on the set of Midnight Meat Train. Like they could still be friendly. She could have showed up on that set. You never know. I kind of had an interesting career for a while, Jennifer Esposito. I like her. I yeah, they recently her. recently got killed in a show. The show, The Boys. Yep, yep, yep. Unfortunately, I want to see when they're what. What was Bradley Cooper? Let's see, two thousand and seven. What was he fucking up with? Because you know, Brian Alias back then. You can't do that to me. What do you mean I can't do it? You can't know that they're dating. Okay, I don't know. I remember he was on Alias for a while before he became a megastar. So he had he had already, wedding crashers had already happened and failure to launch. He was in, but literally he was on the cusp. One year separated from the rocker and Midnight Meat Train. Been two years oh, really? separated from the hangover. So he was past alias. That's a lot to how, ask. I think I think Bradley It was his pre alias. I mean I it was he, po- yeah. I don't think he was a love interest on alias. That's how low on the totem pole he was. I think he was the friend or something. He was he was. He was a he was a friend. Michael Vartan was a love interest. Am I wrong? Cooper and Vartan both on alias for seriously? A- am I wrong? Is that the, is that what he I can't remember. I I need to know. Yeah, Michael Vartan was a love interest. God damn it. Is Vart still out there? I'm wondering how his COVID's been. Michael Vartan still lives. You know he's from France? I didn't know that. I didn't know this. Um, his la- He was in that small town crime movie in 2017 with uh, our boy John Hawks. It's in Colombiana. Decent movie. that Wait, he was in Rogue, the, the, the alligator crocodile movie, right? Killer. His most recent credit... Uh, an episode of God Friended Me. The Facebook one? I just, I mean, all I know is that that's really the name of something. Magnificent hair, Michael Bartan. I mean, speaking of magnificent hair, Ed Burns in this movie. Beautiful locks in this. His hair is rock solid in this movie. A lot of care went into it. Well, they were building a franchise. They knew that we need to make sure that we got, for the four-corner marketing that we're going to do across this fine nation, Edward Burns has some heavy lifting to do, and that is get those people's baby-making legs working. They said, actors, thank you for gathering in this room. We're we're making a franchise. Don't get used to... Um, Jobs. Don't get used to... Uh, we get excited. This is, this is going to be your career for a while. And everybody, all the, the cast started clapping, and uh, Rob Cohen said, not so fast, ladies. Yeah, you guys will be, uh, we will not be featuring women in the second half of this movie. That is a lock. But it's funny because at, at the beginning of the shoot, Rob Cohen took everybody out, you know, said, look, this is probably the last time you guys are in a restaurant where you're not being hounded by pop. <laughs> so enjoy Enjoy the meal. Rachel Nichols. <laughs> yeah, Carmen Ajogo, enjoy the meal. Lady that gets all her fingers severed and tortured to death. Please enjoy the meal. Yeah. <laughs> McGinley? Yeah, let me can I zoom in. John McGinley gets killed by an RPG in this. Him and many more. Um, we don't know he died. You, you don't know, know he died because you want him to die, and he's he does die. What? That's what this movie does so interestingly, is they kind of, and maybe I'm wrong, you might not get on board, but you don't necessarily want to see Matthew Fox, the assassin villain of this piece, lose. <laughs> because the, everybody he's kind of up against, aside from Alex Cross's wife and Rachel Nichols, a lot of the guy, you know, they they kind of make him out to be a badass that's annoyed at idiots, mm-hmm. you know, including Alex Cross, who is an idiot in this movie a little bit. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about you had a little bit of a past with this movie, didn't you? you I did. I did. I don't. I, you know, it's funny. You brought it up. I forgot about it. That's how. That's how I guess that's uh, I guess that's uh, either grief or uh, compartmentalization or or maybe this wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe my body is just so 
beaten up from punches that Hollywood has delivered. I don't remember all this shit. Well, at one but, point, I just remember a long time ago a conversation where you mentioned a lead actor that was connected to this. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. And then it became this. And it was like far away from what you had mentioned. Originally, it was going to star Fred Grandy. <laughs> one of the guys that I was working on a bunch of projects with, a producer, had gotten the rights to do one of the Alex Cross novels. I Alex Cross, I believe, or whatever it's called. Yeah. And he was so great and he would he would involve me in a lot of stuff. So I, did, I had nothing to do with the genesis of it. But as it got closer to being real and one of our other projects was sort of flagging, we were doing that Saints Row thing. He offered me a small connection to this. And at the time it was Idris Elba and somebody else. Tui. Tui yeah, David Tui was going to direct it, right? This is this is this is definitely in the IMDb because it refreshed my memory. But I remember uh, the trivia, but I remember you had mentioned Tui. That's why I was excited. I well, think. yeah, I mean, you think about that, what a different. Mm-hmm. story would be i mean well it would have been good <laughs> and plus it was based on a book you mentioned the name of the book it's called cross i think is, oh, okay that's his origin story i guess you know when he goes from a what a married person a detective to a, a, a profiler yeah. whatever yeah but so yeah. How this, by the way that movie didn't happen sadly yeah. um but there are other alex cross movies and we did we've done one of them on oh, the yeah. show Kiss the girls oh yeah Played by Alex Cross, played by Morgan Freeman, and then he did a sequel called "Along Came a Spider," which is a movie you and I talk about a, a lot. lot. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that one eventually on the way. And we didn't do it yet, right? Did we didn't do we no, do no. It? We we've talked about it, and I think we almost did. Because listeners, let me little inside baseball. What will happen a lot of the time is um, we'll we'll narrow it down to like five or six, and then we'll kind of just let fate take us. And I think "Along Came a Spider" was in that that circle of fate several times over the past couple of years. Are you sure we didn't do it? I'm positive we didn't do it. We st- we still we we would still be recording it. We haven't done enough Monica Potter films yet. So anyway, the, this was the chance to reboot this character on on the silver screen, and they cast Tyler Perry to play a, a younger version of Alex Cross, like a, a person in I guess their mid forties, maybe early forties. Mm-hmm. And do you think that they cast him because what an intense actor? <laughs> Actually, I think he does okay considering he looks like. Uh, a nice dad throughout this entire film. Like just kind of a, I wouldn't say, you know, he's a billionaire, I believe. And, you know, a very talented, uh, creative person, you know, obviously a playwright, a successful filmmaker, director. I'd say acting pretty low on the list, maybe of his talents, but he's okay in this. But I think they could have used some of with a little fire in their belly. Was this this before or after Gone Girl? A little bit of cool, you know? Like Tyler Tyler Perry's not that cool. No, he sucks. This is before Gone. Oh, when is Gone Girl? Probably before Gone Girl, I guess. Because that movie is awesome, and he's good in it. I mean, Gone Girl's not almost ten years old, is it? Gone Girl came out in 2014, so that came out after this. Because I thought that was my introduction to Tyler Perry. I think was Gone Girl because I had dodged him like the fucking COVID, you know. Because look at him. But then again, I could watch I could watch Tyler and Burns solve crimes all day long. By the way, folks, welcome to July, Edward Burns month here at the Movie Microscope. You guys are in for a treat. Yeah, we're only doing Edward Burns movies this month. I guess four Edward yeah. Burns movies. Oh. Yeah, we know two of them are. There's some. There's gonna be some wild cards thrown. And we haven't done. Have we done a Burns film yet here on here? I don't think we have. Oh my god! How do we maybe, not? No, maybe. we didn't. We'll make up for lost time. What's your top Burns movie? You're looking at it. 
I mean, if you want to call uh, Saving Private Ryan a Burns movie. I do. In this household, I demand it. But uh, if you were talking about ones that he has directed, it's going to be She's the One. I mean, it did, that thing That thing pulled so many strings in my life, you know? His most mainstream movie, I believe. It's probably his biggest hit. It wasn't a hit. Well, it, it made $10 million more than it cost. I guess that for him, that's a freaking you know, take a week off from fucking everything. Brothers McMullen was his biggest hit, though, wasn't it? I mean, it has to that's be. definitely the biggest critical hit. It's the one that's kept him working all these these long years. He has dodged a lot of success. Actually, Confidence was a, a slightly successful. Was it? Slightly. 27 Dresses was a big hit. He's in that. One, yeah, plays a, I think he plays the jerk boss in that. One Missed Call, he was in that. Yeah, Newlyweds. Oh, he directed that. Maybe he should petition Wikipedia not to share some information. He spent $9,000 to make that film. Newlyweds? It grows five thousand. <laughs> it's got it's got Carrie Bish in it though. Nice. He uh, if you look up at his his IMDb page, his like profile page, it says known for range. <laughs> you are speaking some sin sin words. I think he really thought Fitzgerald Family Christmas was going to throw everything out of the woods, but didn't make it happen. Great cast. He still can do it. He can still pull the strings and get the films made. He's like the Polish brothers. They're somehow still doing it, you know? It looks like he's he's got a new show he's done he's doing. Mm, I think it got canceled. Go for a blue collar kind of vibe. <laughs> Trying some new muscles. What's it called? Bridge and Tunnel. I think it might not be going. Was it what network was it on? It was on a big one. Epics. Six episodes. Uh it it holds a very strong twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. He was close to being, he almost, he was in the room, close to being, This is and this is something I learned recently, being cast as young Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> Amazon series. He was so close. You got me so excited. Anyway, so let's oh, get to the- I, Can you imagine him rocking Gandalf? I, mean, I can. Fortunately, the creators sort of almost could, but then someone else stepped in the room. Michael Polish! <laughs> One of the guy, one of the wizard. Is that your bird? Got that rasp, got that Irish tinged rasp. I like it. All right, so hey, let's talk about the. Uh, we got Rob Cohen directing this shit. I know, and this. This movie kicks off with uh, the. It starts with a shot of a pile of smoldering shoes, <laughs> and you know, well, this must be an Alex Cross movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. The next thing you see is Tyler Perry giving chase. The, the camera zooms into a sewer system or a, a, a manhole, and you see Tyler Perry giving chase to a bald through a tunnel, and then shooting. Uh, then Rachel Nichols steps out. She shoots the bald in the air. And then the bald slides down this like cardboard construction thing. They get him. Yeah. What does Burns do during that scene? Shouts at him. Then you know it's Burns because he <laughs> he says something. What does he say? Do you have a quote? I, I, no, I don't. I don't remember. But, but uh, bad guy. And they they wound him and then they cart him off. They get their man. It introduces the team. Right. It introduces the hierarchy of the team, the dynamic. Right. And it, it does a lot of. Uh, secret storytelling for you so that so that everybody's palates cleanse and ready for alex cross yeah so tyler perry as alex cross he's the leader of this 
squad. You got Ed Burns, his best friend that he grew up with. Yeah. They've known each other. He's uh, second in command here and uh, a young, I imagine a rookie, new to the team at least, uh, a woman uh, played by Rachel Nichols. Well, if you're a detective, you're not a rookie. She's new to the team. That's she's new to the I team, know. but she's legit. She's she's yeah, a yeah, crime solver. But she's new to the team, and that comes up a little bit later, causes some friction between our our two besties. And then um, and then what happens? And Tyler Perry sets up a chessboard in prison outside of a prison. Setting the pieces up for the audience to to learn learn what's going on. You know, it's like you're watching that scene. He's in a prison playing chess with a young lady, and you're just hoping against hope that she's somehow connected to Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Instead of playing chess, he immediately starts tough talking this young woman who's in prison orange and he's like, you know, I know you didn't do it. I know you didn't kill the people you're in here uh, for killing. And she's talking tough. And he's like, I know you're covering up for your, your uncle or something. And you're going to do less time than he would. Right. He's in on it. And she's, and she's, she kind of admits it. And she says, hypothetically, she admits it. And then he goes home and then he also does like kind of mansplains to his wife some shit. But we're introduced to the family dynamic. He's got a couple of kids got an old mom that lives with them, and she drops some hammer on him, right? Yeah, she's tough. She's a tough... Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the wife drops the hammer. Carmen and yeah. Joe go. So they do a scene where Tyler Perry's talking to his wife, and he starts Sherlock Holmesing, which no one wants to see in any movie ever again. Please don't. But he starts... Uh, she's like, guess what? I have some news. Guess what it is. He's like, there's a little lot, you know, a little foam on your shirt, so I know you had a latte, that kind of stuff. Worthless shit. It's like I smell. Yeah. You, I, I don't smell your uh, your body's musk shooting out. But you know what I'm saying? Like they do this all the time on TV. They always have to have somebody that sees the world a little differently than we do. They have that extra perception, right? Like the mentalist. Yeah. So we know that they're a cut above. We get it. Okay. He this is he doesn't use this at any other time in the movie, but the scene. And then she reveals to him. She's about to reveal to him that she's pregnant, but he calls out the sonogram on the printer. Before she can, he's still startled the fact by the fact that she's pregnant. Yeah, even though she's fat as hell in the belly. And how far he says, "How far along are you?" Should, he should know this if he's that much of a genius, right? Did you know what he said? Because it's a little game they're playing. Does, do you know what his prize would be if he wins? He no. guesses right. He gets to do the thing he likes. What's that? Sixty-nine, I guess. <laughs> I, I I think they should flash forward, like do like a like a flashback, and you see him in bed with her. And he and he hears the sperm collide with the egg. He's like, "Well, <laughs> that's how good he is." Like, looks look, look looks like the construction site's coming up. It looks like the old put the old plant. What if uh, she's about to say it, and then he's like, "Come with me," and he walks her into the nursery that he already built for this baby, and she's like, "Ah," oh, and he he holds his finger to her lips. It's a boy, and its name is <laughs> Winfred. Or something, and then he Isn't takes that, her into the. Girl's name? Shh, you know, and they take, and then he pulls back the veneer of the nursery to reveal a morgue where her sniper shot body can be found. He's like, I went from A to Z, dog. <laughs> yeah, you just wasted not. a page of printer paper. <laughs> yeah, the baby also doesn't make it. Yeah. So anyway, he he's he's. Uh, Walking on a cloud at this news. He's thrilled. He can't believe number three is on the oven and on its way. He has a great job. He's got a, he's working with his bestie. Did you hear, do you remember what he tells Ed Burns, how he breaks the news about the impending child? No, what does he say? The detective is on duty. God. But anyway, he does this after he reprimands Ed Burns because Ed, 
Burns is sleeping with Rachel Nichols. They are uh, trying to do this a little bit behind Tyler well, Perry. Sometimes. Most of the time, it's normal missionary. <laughs> but, but you know, it's stressing Edward Burns out because he doesn't want to lie to his best friend. And plus, plus he knows that Tyler Perry already knows anyway. Alex, Alex Cross can sense this stuff. He knows when anybody in the office is sleeping together. And so he, anyway, but they do a weird shot. So they, they're, they're having this fight about it. The only thing he really can't do is save anyone's life. They're having sex, and when he gets call, a call from Tyler Perry, because oh, we, we, I guess we skipped over a lot here. Well, Matthew Fox's introduction and all that stuff. That's but true. We'll back to it. But anyway, he, he calls him because something's happened, which we'll backtrack to. He interrupts sex, and then Edward Burns is getting dressed. And there's this weird shot. He's on like a office swivel chair, and they show his bare feet, and he and they just the camera's on it as he turns, just his feet, <laughs> turns into frame, his feet into frame. Did you see that shot? I must have been dry heaving. <laughs> Just is super weird. But it got this movie a huge uh, entry and star on WikiFeet. Nice. For 2012. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's backtrack. What do we got? Who else is in this movie, Nick? The ripped and ready for Kirk, uh, Matthew Fox. Yes. Uh, Party of Five's own Matthew Fox. Party of Five and Lost's own. One of the one of the stars of World War Z. Mm. He was last seen, I believe, in Bone Tomahawk and has not worked since. He, he crushed it in that movie. Um, mm. You know, it's funny. This is a weird little side zoom. This is a legit side zoom. Mm-hmm. You think about his character in World War Z. Right. In it for a millisecond. You could barely tell it's him. Right. The last time I'd seen a star have that happen to them was one John C. McGinley as California in seven. Yeah. They both had either cutting room floor nightmare characters or blink. If you missed it, cameos in movies. I think it was a recon. They reconfigured world, world war scene. I think Matthew Fox had a, a much larger role before they reshot. It. I hope his name, if his name was California in it, I'm going to lose my ass. Is he, is he, like, that's his last name or something? His name, was Cal- his name was California. I remember that very well. Doesn't even have a name. That's how insignificant he is. And World War II. Yeah. Whatever they did to that movie, it worked. Killed it. So, yeah, let's go back. Let's talk about Matt Fox. Mm-hmm. He's a professional. They make that very good. Butcher of Sligo? The Butcher of Sligo, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so stupid. Looking like Agent 47 in this movie and sometimes looking like pitch black era Vin Diesel in this movie. He looks like Agent 47 Pounds in this movie. <laughs> he did go on a weight loss regimen and it worked. Yeah, he lost every weight. You could see his fucking kernels moving, you know? Mm-hmm. In his body. Okay. So he's introduced. Um, he gets a call with someone in a robot voice saying, take care of her. And, um, he gets wired $3 million. Like he says something like I'm, I'm, I'm at the line. He says, which I guess means he's at like this fight club thing. I don't know what it means. And so he goes in, he, he talks to the guys into letting him fight. If you want to really pinpoint what Matthew Fox was doing in this performance, there's really only one place to turn. Yeah. Who did he study hard and emulate to a T in this movie? One John Bernthal. Oh, because he never looks at the camera? He is burnthawing the living shit out of himself in this movie. That's what you call a proto-zoom. Did Burnthaw ever rock a Bluetooth earpiece like this? (laughs) No, 
He wasn't successful when those were around, I think. He so, does. Uh, that, that Bluetooth earpiece gets a lot of play in this movie. It does. And he's, you know, he got a shaved head. And like uh, he says to the fighter, once he finagles his, his way into um, the ring and the announcers are laughing at him, like he's going to get mangled by their by the ringer he tells the guy don't hit me in the face or you'll never fight again which means what the guy's gonna hit him in the face and so they fight there's a very pretty woman on the side that's surrounded by you know you can tell she's rich she's kind of out of place and she's watching the fight very closely yeah she's looking for her next love man and matthew fox proceeds to beat this man to a pulp and then breaks his uh it breaks his arms yeah, because he gets punched in the face and he he you know basically says i told you not to do it yeah and then he breaks the guy's arm so what happens next? Uh, he he catches the eye of this you know this very elegantly dressed woman, very pretty lady, yeah, good actress. And, and she gets the she gets the call. He gets the call to go home with her to a mansion with her three bodyguards, and um, they they pat him down in the mansion. Is that, uh, is that a euphemism? They don't, they don't find anything on him. They send him upstairs to have sex with this uh, with this woman. He uh, proceeds to tie her to the bed with her stockings. Very sexy. I was a little disappointed. I, I really wanted to see what his uh, what, what his motion was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see how how Matt Matthew Fox does it. He's on the clock. He's on the clock instead of yeah. Well, he's not really in a hurry though, as it turns out. They patted him down, but they forgot to check the insides of his shoes, where he has smuggled some very um, handy items to have if you're an assassin, such as. Well, he's got a gun in there. Yeah. But he also has, I think he also loaded up those souls with some uh, vials of uh, toxin that immobilize the victim and a yeah. syringe. So, Actually, it looks like there, there's a lot of stuff to be stuffed in that shoes. Those yeah. shoes. I, th- that's why one of the bodyguards, when he gets out of the car, says, what are you, a clown? Are you a fucking clown? He's like, no, I just got big, big ass feet. It's like, it's like you clown? That's like the fucking AK-47 size foot right there. What the fuck? He's wearing those red, big, red <laughs> But he yeah. painted them black. <laughs> yeah, he's a professional. Yeah, so I don't know where he this also is. he also hit like a bag of holding or something. I don't know what he's shooting. Yeah, he also had a grenade hidden in the big red nose. <laughs> so he immobilizes this woman, um, and then he then they cut away to to you see McGinley. It's like he's like, oh, this there's a horrible thing that happened here. Get down to this mansion out across. We don't really know what took place other than nothing good. And so then you see in a flashback what happened. Alex yeah. Cross pieces it together. Yeah, but they're not. I think I think we're lucky enough to have a Geico caveman joke before that. I don't know if it's before or after it, but it's definitely in there. <laughs> and Edward Burns makes a Harry Potter joke as well. He he references Muggles. Yeah, I mean they're building a franchise. Like his character's heavy lifting is is to squeak through some dialogue. But also to drop some pop culture references, and he nails it with that Geico caveman thing. I will say, the Harry Potter, both the Harry Potter franchise and the Geico caveman commercial franchise, were more successful than Alex Cross. <laughs> they damned themselves by naming more popular things. <laughs> it's McGinley almost duplicates his line from Point Break to a T, and I guess that he had to change it. I. I I would bet that Rob Cohen had him saying, "You guys have produced exactly squat," mm-hmm. and then he and then McGinley probably had to call an audible and say, "Can we change that to Bupkis?" Because Point Break already nailed it. It's like we don't want we don't want Point Break to be coasting on your success. McGinley, a little bit of a national treasure, I'd say. Yep, uh, always great, always a little too buff 
for the roles they're requiring him to play. Like he takes always, care of himself. Hey, he's a spess. Yeah, like he's he's always a little too jacked. Like he should be a little bit higher on the cast list, you know. Well, I mean, I don't mean to talk out of school, but what about Stanley Tooch? Tooch is too jacked as well. Did you hear about the paper actor who was in a snuff film? He got shredded for the part. Pretty good. <laughs> Why do they keep saying like this matters to us? Four roses with the torture chaser. They keep calling it. He got a rose, like a, a gunshot, like your dead body. You know, or got that's what it means. I guess four roses. I guess. Please speak. Patterson, James Patterson, who wrote the novel, probably threw that in there. They keep saying this. He got a rose, or something. it's dumb. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. By the way, the tagline for this movie is something like, "Don't ever cross Alex Cross." I think yeah. that's the tagline. Yeah, of course. But I mean, they someone did cross Alex Cross very effectively in this movie. Yeah, but I think I think what they're saying is, "Don't cross Alex Cross," because. He'll fail for a while, and then you'll die through sheer luck, you know? Tyler Perry, by the way, uh, learned, I, I texted you, learned Krav Maga for this for this uh, movie role. He trained, See, which stands for, of course, Krav Make America Great Again, you know? But, yeah. but, but you know what I'm saying? He trained for, he trained, and then he doesn't, in fact, I don't think he ever really uses it at the end, when there's a huge fight scene, his arm break gets broken. Yeah, but that's that on purpose. No, no. See, the thing is, the, the thing I hate when like journalists fuck things up. They mishear stuff. A game of telephone happens, and then what turns up on the page is different. He got crabby when he went to see Miss Bala, and they fucked up. I mean, it's amazing how the story changes over time. I mean, I don't think Tyler Perry looks like he worked out a day for this movie. I mean, he does take off his shirt at one point, which is. I mean, that's more confidence than I would have, but it's not like he's rocking a six-pack. No. Especially I mean, with Matthew Fox traipsing around the screen. Yeah. All wiry and shit. He's working out in the nude at one point with the shadows over his groin. I didn't catch that. I like that the guy gets shot, and, and, and his response to that is to do pull-ups. By the way, one of the producers of this film, Leopoldo Gout. <laughs> is it G-O-U-T? Oh, yeah. Wow, this movie damned from every angle. <laughs> um, they at one point they're walking into this mansion, and McGinley says, "Cake, cake eaters don't like murder around oh my them." God, yes. And um, does everybody else like murder around them? Is that something I missed? Just the original like it, the cake I, eaters. Yeah, I thought I, you know I thought he meant like birthday parties hate when there's murder. And I was like, and who? Yeah, of course, cake eaters. That's is that a is that slang? Is that for the wealthy or is that for people that? Or fat. The wealthy. Okay. The wealthy. Right. What here? What happens here now is this lady's killed. She's part of a chain in this company, yeah. leading up to the mysterious leader of the organization. And our hero Alex Cross deduces that the next target will likely be the next in the chain, which puts our heroes directly in the crosshairs of Matthew Fox's character, the Butcher of Sligo, or yeah. Sligo. And then you know we have a little action sequence. We get a little treat. Get to see uh, Al. We could see Alex Cross do his thing. Get to see Rachel Nichols. Get to see Burns do some shit. It's pretty cool. Are you talking about when they go to visit the second guy? That so what happens is Edward Burns has removed the fingers of this woman um, one by one, seeking out her password. I would say laptop. that I would say that uh, Matthew Fox actually did that. What did I say? <laughs> Edward Burns. No, sorry, Matthew Fox. 
Another thing that Matthew Fox, because he's quirky as hell, he's an assassin that just can't let his, you know, he likes to torture people. He likes their suffering. He's trying to understand pain. It's one of those killers. But he also leaves behind charcoal drawings he does at the scene. Of course he does. And he does a charcoal drawing. They look like kind of Picasso um, pictures or paintings. And he, of course, he also puts clues in his little charcoal drawings of his for his next victim. Of course he does. And Alex Cross is so smart. Everybody else is looking everywhere else. They're trying to figure out what's going on. He's looking at this charcoal drawing, folding it like a, you know, like a mad magazine yeah. back cover thing, you know, and he figures out that he sees the initials EN that leads them to the next victim. And they get there just in time when Edward Burns is swimming up the building. I'm sorry. <laughs> Matthew Fox is swimming up the building. He is. He's snorkeling up the, the watery tubes of the stupid building he's in. You know, and, you know, they're rushing up to the, the guys are in the building. They're these these German bodyguards. They're like, we're we're good. We're protecting this guy. Then the waterfalls in the building start having lower water pressure and they realize something's wrong. They rush up to the target, who is this German businessman. And then he they try to protect him before old Edward Burns uh, gets to him. I'm and, who, and who? <laughs> Matthew Fox gets to him. And who is? The guy they're trying to protect looking like Elon Musk in this. Very much like, exactly like Elon Musk. And acting like an ass, acting like Elon Musk. Yeah. Like he's very combative, very annoying. And he traps Edward Burns at one point in a panic room. Yeah, the shield comes down and, and traps Burns in it with him and separates him out from Rachel Nichols and Alex Cross. Correct. Who are stalking the office always looking for this killer. Mr. Perry shows up in the middle of, of Matthew Fox's work. There's a moment where he has him dead to rights. He probably should have shot him, judging by what happens afterwards. Probably should have shot him. But instead, Fox throws a weird little cute grenade, like a little explosive. Cool. Yeah, it comes, he puts his gun on the table, but then he's like got a like a utility-built hockey puck that comes out of nowhere and blows Alex Cross and Rachel Nichols across the rooms. Right. And then Burns has to kick kick ass to get out of that thing. He actually executes a, a blow on the on the villain, shoots him in the shoulder. He does. She takes a shot. It works at Matthew X, but then he gets blowed up. No, he does uh, not killed, but yeah, the the guy sets a, a charge. Oh, yeah, on the but board. he doesn't. Yeah, because this is the scene. This is about the time in the movie where the partner would get killed normally. This is where they would normally get killed. But Burns is too much of a star, and uh, they have a franchise that they're building. They got work to do. You can't put a grave site on him. I mean, Tommy Kane is gold. Got to protect his ass. So luckily, Rob Cohen and you know his team of uh, creators did the right thing, kept the star alive. Fight another what's, day. What's the what's the little flavor they give this businessman they're trying to protect? What's he so worried about? He's worried about everybody's dirty hands. He's mad that Edward Burns is touching a chair. Oh, remember, like he doesn't get your dirty hands off him. He doesn't like germs. Right. That's the little flavor we get from this guy. Anyway, so then after this failure, after the assassin fails to get his mark, he goes back to what it looks like as kind of an intricate houseboat. I like that little house he has on the waterfront yeah. there. It's cool. And he's starting to have like a, like a, I'm so pissed. Like, I can't believe this went wrong. And he, and he can't believe that he's run into Tyler Perry's or Alex Cross's team. And he's just, he's, he's, he's working out. He's doing push-ups. He's, you know, he's, the montage uh, where he's alternating between being in pain and being maniacal, talking to himself, um, cauterizing his wound, doing some stuff. artwork, doing he doing doing more charcoal. Is he doing more charcoal? Yeah, he does a little piece of art, mm-hmm. um, and he decides that you know, and he's got he's got a newspaper clipping of Alex Cross and Rachel Nichols and 
our star Edward Burns, and he's he's yeah. he's 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 getting you know all amped up. He's he's got new new shit to do. And the great thing is, is now he he has this new thing that I love in these kind of movies, is where the the killer starts to establish a line of con- communication with our hero. Yeah, very much like in the line of fire with uh, Clint Eastwood and John Malkovich, and every other movie. Yeah, but that really reminded me of this. That that, that uh, here's there's they cut to a scene after all this goes down, and Alex Cross says, "I'll tell you what I know." A dramatic pause. He lays it all out. No one, I mean, no one knows anything. They don't know who this guy is. Uh, he says this guy is very, he's like a sicko. He likes pain, everything that anybody could say. Yeah. And then Edward Burns pulls Cross aside and he says, any shot at all will go on his list? <laughs> and Alice Cross says, no. Nah, he won't deviate. Not the butcher of Sligo. There's no way he would ever do that. I put my reputation on it. He said he, 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 he will, he's just checking off a list. He's not going to deviate. Let's go visit Jean Renault. <laughs> uh, Jean Renault walking stiff as fuck in this movie. Must have hurt his little his little prancers because he was walking all stiff and weird. Love uh, that they paid him for this movie. And so he does he. Say, gets, gets to say the line. Do you like nature, Doctor Cross? Human nature. That's what Doctor Cross said. Right. I was doing. The, I was playing the part yeah, of Alex. You're amazing. But then he just takes him outside for tea. Of course, that's not, that's not much nature. Yeah, he's like, uh, he says, "Do you like nature, Doctor Cross?" And he throws him in Nature Valley granola bar. Would be the best. I, I think. Uh, I think better yet is Jean Reno's. Do you like nature? Alex Cross says, "Human nature. I love nature, but it would probably be unsafe for you, the number one target of an assassin, to go out into nature right now." Next, next scene, they're sipping nature. Well, immediately when John Renault shows up, you know he's spearheading this whole thing. Like, there's no question, right? I mean, did you did you know that? Like, I knew it immediately. Yeah, that he has hired some assassin to do something that you never really figure out what to take off his own employees, out his own employees. That's what's going on here. It doesn't matter. He looks. He just, it was funny. John John Renault in this movie looks like somebody was doing a life sculpt of John Renault and clocked out early. John Renault is pretty great. You don't like him, huh? I love him, but he looks unfinished in this movie. He had a lot of hits early on in his career, a lot of highlights. And then it's just been a coast, like he's been coasting, you know, probably acting in French films that maybe we don't watch. I love when he shows up in something like this. Throw Jean Reno in there. Why not? You know? I wonder if he's gotten lazy and just lazy. Get him in the mix. You think he's on social media at all? I'd never checked. We should We should look. I think it would be great if uh, Jean Reno has an associate-operated Twitter account where it says tweets are not... Jean Renault himself, you know, just the ego has to fucking flourish, you know. Right. As um, they're drinking tea outside, whatever they're doing, I, I think it's cognac. It's not tea. Well, he offers him Louis the Thirteenth. I guess fuck the rest of the team. I mean, Edward Burns and Rachel Nichols are there too. Are they just hanging out in the halls of the mansion? Well, he says he wants drink? to speak to him alone. But what are they? What are these guys doing? Well, they're fucking. They went his mansion. There are so many rooms they could go make it. No, they're making it for the, last, for the last time. Is it? By the way, I know. Might as well get it in why they can because this she's got one day left on Earth. And I, 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 the movie grinds to a halt as they mourn the loss of Rachel Nichols. <laughs> they spend a tremendous amount of time kind of rehashing her relationship, her place in the team. It's a real elaborate funeral sequence. They shed tears. So she go after all this happens. She goes home to take a shower. 
Matthew Fox is in her apartment and he gets out his toxins and then that cuts away. Alex Cross then is on a date with his wife and they're out on the date night. You know, it's like super fun. They're at the bar. Party of three, if you know what I'm saying. Talking about Alex Cross, talking about himself, of course, talking about DC. He's going to work for the FBI. 35% pay bump. She's like, yeah, great. I'm creating a life form right now. Match that, asshole. And so then he gets a call from what he thinks is Rachel Nichols. Because it's uh, from her dead body's house. But actually, it's from Matthew Fox. And he's talking about how he found out a lot from his, his, you know, his, his co-worker's now dead body. And then he starts to, you know, Alex Cross taking the car, the call outside of the restaurant. And his wife is being seated to eat outside. And then you see that Matthew Fox is, has a sniper rifle aimed at Alex Cross as they're talking. Notices the wife and draws on her instead. And, and he says, hey, I can see what you're wearing. Alice Cross freaks out, starts running to his wife, but she gets shot. Carmen Ajogo, sort of a, a leading lady in her own right. Did Black. you think it was inappropriate, by the way? What's that? When the, one of the customers says, I won't be having what she's having. <laughs> Except I'll, the baby. I'll I mean. not have what she's having. Yeah. Huh? yeah. She said, well, she's not having the baby. <laughs> that's, so that's a lock. She unfortunately dies from her wounds, and Alex Cross's arms and uh he looks yeah i guess he looks moderately sad and the waiter is just arriving with their food does a quick his heel spin on his heels takes that food back to the back to the warmers (laughs) the great thing is yeah he looks remotely concerned that his wife just got super shot in public um but the funny thing is is the, the the assassin did not wither away and disappear into the into the clouds he's still out there with a gun not, never acknowledged. Alex isn't like looking around for the sniper. He's not calling. He's not trying to go hunt him down. He is off the clock right now. No, nobody's. Uh, no one's like kind of running for for cover either. They're just all accept the fact that this is a one done. Yeah, uh, you're right. Carmen Jogo is kind of a, a leading actress in her own right. You're correct. Yeah, she's turned in a bunch of uh, good performances of late. I'd say. Right. She even showed up in Covenant. Alien Covenant, unfortunately. But she's on the Girlfriend Experience Season 2. She, she's omnipresent. She shows up a lot. And uh, she had a quick couple of days on this movie. Yeah, they're setting up They're setting up the whole family dynamic. You're like, well, they got somebody real to play his wife. Good. This is going to be nice. Can't wait to see what they do in the next one. Double cross. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was going to... They were setting that up. Sorry, guys. He tries to get permission right before she blinks out for the last time uh, from reality. He tries to get permission to date her twin sister as she's fading. Is it inappropriate if I called? I, I think it'd be great, actually, if that's the big twist. He knew that the Butcher of Sligo would be searching him. And, and she's like, why'd you invite my twin sister to dinner out of nowhere? Don't worry <laughs> about it, honey. The great thing is, though, Rachel Nichols is uh, part of their team. Mm-hmm. Killed... You know, you hear about you know you hear about those things when like you don't want to die in the day a big celebrity dies because right. you're not going to get any attention. Right. Rachel Nichols is that person because well, the wife dies, everybody's crestfallen. Edward Burns has been writing her He's and in love, in with, love her. with her. She, her death is not even acknowledged. So ever he, again. Comes to, he comes to the church, teary eyed, that Tyler Perry's sitting in a pew. Well, the hospital. He's at the hospital. And, and, was in, he, yeah, is yeah, he in the in, in their you know the the, the grieving room the. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So that seemed pretty ornate for a for a hospital, church hospital. I'll just go ahead and I'll just re- reiterate that was one hundred percent in the hospital. Okay. 
So he's in there and uh, Edward Burns comes in and they kind of have like a, oh, your beloved person gets killed. Like, but it's really about Alex Cross's pain. It's a hundred percent about Alex Cross's pain. Yeah. Burns doesn't get a pain in edgewise. No, he's the support system for Alex Cross's more important loss. It's a weird scene because that, that doesn't happen very often in movies where two people are mourning the loss of their of their loved ones at the same time. I mean, you know, like it, it seems kind of rare at least it's, you know, it's, it's, it's never happened in real life ever. You don't think so? Well, not, no, let's say two people died. You know, and Burns is not going to be like, Hey, I, I want to come over here and mourn your wife for a while. No. Yeah. That maybe is. Yeah. yeah. And I do like the fact that originally he sits away from him out of respect or fear that he may snap or, you know, he may not want him. I thought it was kind of a good moment to actually create some semblance of a relationship there. And then he goes over when he when he could he sees that Cross is softening or whatever. And he goes over and spends some time with him. And even though nobody is getting any awards for the for their work, I that was a pretty I thought it was a pretty effective scene. You know, it is established that Edward Burns is a little bit of loving, loving him and leaving him type guy. And uh, Alice Cross is a devoted husband. Right. So maybe the movie's making the distinction that don't worry, guys, Edward Burns is going to be okay. Alice Cross is going to be changed forever. Unfortunately, they introduced us to Rachel Nick. We know her, you know, like she's part of the team. And then they never mention her again. Like never. She's, never. She's gone. I had predicted that she was going to be in on it with the bad guy I was wrong. <laughs> she is. Uh, she's uh, no, she's if she is what a performance. And you know Matthew Fox is really pissed about them sniffing out his uh, his trail, but he left a fucking clue in his charcoal drawing. Yeah, is he mad at himself? Don't leave the initials of the next victim in there. That's all you have to not. Also, do. be mad at yourself for for not discovering the safe inside the wall that was loaded. They had the extra deets in there. Had the extra data that he was trying to abscond with too. Exactly. Yeah, we we, meant, we didn't mention that she had a finger. This uh, initial woman that he kills has a fingerprint, a thumbprint safe, you know, whatever those things are. Of course, Alex Cross spots it right away. No one else sees it. And that's a cute scene where him and Burns are, are fighting over who has to use it, who has to pick her thumb up and use it to open that shit. Anyway, this is a weird moment in a movie that's supposed to be a franchise starter. So it plays like the Punisher a little bit where, you know, the Punisher, at least he's going to lose his family because that's how the Punisher, that's how he's, he's birthed, right? Yeah. But this you weren't really expecting this very charismatic woman to get killed and then you immediately thrown to a funeral and then awake and Alex Cross has to deal with his poor grieving daughter his daughter um, drops a super super zoom on him in that scene people are rushing out to get popcorn during this shit like what you know this is a, this you, is an action movie are you creating people that were at the theater out of thin air people going to get popcorn people going to get refund <laughs> What does she drop on him? She, she says, uh, I want my mom back. Tyler <laughs> Perry try, starts trying to tell a story about how when he lost his mom when he was a kid or younger. And isn't well, that, his mom is Cicely Tyson, so you're, it's his dad. Not mom, what his was dad. it? It's his, his dad, dad. Yeah, his dad, his dad. And so, yeah, his mom's there. But um, but he starts, to, when he loses a parental figure, and he's like, he, he kind of acts like it's a... They're going to be a learning lesson for this poor child. And then the daughter goes, but what about Rachel Nichols? He's like, fuck her. <laughs> Dead. She gone. Um, but Cicely, Ty so we did mention that Matthew Fox shows up to the funeral. Of and course does he a does. Drawing in the car of, of Tyler Perry. Which should have been the poster. By the way, 
Could this movie be more of a Cadillac advertisement? Yeah, yeah. There is... It's a sweet car, for sure. He drives a Cadillac CTS. There's a scene later on where they go to a um, vintage car hall, and they open the door of the car, and reflected in the window is the Cadillac logo. And then there's a song that plays when Matthew Fox is leaving a crime scene that mentions a Cadillac. What the fuck? Did you see that Edward Burns drops some major? He says to Todd Perry, they get an argument, and he says to him, "You don't understand. We need to get this guy." And he says it as at Tyler Perry's wife's wake. <laughs> Tyler Perry says to her, "He says, hey, are, are we going right directly from this to Rachel Nichols' wake?" And Edward Burns said, "No, she's already, yeah, yeah she's she's bones and dust at this point. We're good. No wake, <laughs> no family, yeah." Did you scatter your ashes somewhere special? No, she's in the Genesis I mean, device. We fired her at a planet. She's gone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Double wakes. Poor kid. Did you, know the, did you notice, were you focusing on this during the talk, talk between Tyler Perry and the daughter? What's that? There was a tiny pink piano atop a tiny of course there was, pink yeah. table. Yeah. yeah. The daughter, a bit of a piano player, by the way. She's thinking about giving it up, though, because her mom took a bullet yeah. in the chest in public. <laughs> Never going to play piano again. If That's one way to get out of lessons. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was uh, overkill when they have Tyler Perry leaving an awful Yelp review of that restaurant. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> one for each gaping hole in my wife. She does get she gets one shot next. She gets one. One no, and done. No, in, in the chest out the back. That was a high powered uh, rifle. Excellent wound. Yeah. Seagal shows up. Oh, did you notice that Matthew Fox sounds a little bit like when he's talking to Tyler Perry? Sounds a little bit like the caller and scream. No. It's the way he does this. Yeah, just I just kind of noticed it. Did I say Edward Burns again? I'm always no, saying Matthew Fox. You said Matthew Fox. I'm always meaning Matthew Fox. Where's this um, take place? We didn't we didn't say that. Detroit City. That's right. A little Detroit yeah. subplot, trying to resuscitate the city. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, McGinley's running for office. He's trying to clean up the town. Jean Renault is trying to in- instill some new corporate mm-hmm. blood and guts into the into the town. And uh, the person who probably has the biggest stake in the city, Rachel Nichols, wanted to actually uh, do some some park cleanup in her spare time. Yeah, and uh, she is now. Yeah, she, she's fertilizing part of it right now, so she's good. Monica Ash. That's her name, and that's her game. Are you sure? Are you sure William William or John C. McGinley dies in this? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. At least he identifies his assassin projectile before it gets him. They make McGinley out to they do quick work and make McGinley out to be a, a an office seeking monster before he gets killed. So you know that it's okay that he's dead. It's not. Mm-mm. So now Alice Cross is sawing off shotguns. He's sneaking into the evidence lab. He is consorting with villains. Yeah, he's he off. Is, he's off he's, the reservation. He is, yeah, he's he's quote going, unquote. Yeah, and they don't have police protection around the clock. I didn't understand that at all. You think that they'd put these guys under some police protection, or that would be mentioned that you know this a cop has died, a cop's wife has been murdered as well. You um, said that in the wrong order, by the way. I don't do there's there's no you know people protecting those guys. Now they couldn't do what they did where they they eventually they break into the police station and steal some evidence. What they're gonna do 
is they're looking for some leverage to get some information. Right. And they steal some guns connected to the very, the second scene in this movie, the, when, when he confronts that prisoner. Right. Um, who admitted to a killing that she did not do. And so he brings these guns to Giancarlo Esposito, yep. a crime lord in this movie. I Something guess. I never realized. Short. What, or how big Tyler Perry is. He's a man muscle. He's a how giant. big is he? He's big. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was Giancarlo that was short or Ty Perry that was like six foot five or something. Well, in Hollywood, he doesn't have to be six foot five. Give me his height. He's six five. Tyler Perry? Yep. Nice. So he is tall. And so he goes and, you know, Tyler, uh, this Giancarlo's headquarters is car dealership that deals in like these antique cars and these fancy cars. And they sit inside one and they do a deal. And the mm-hmm. deal is Tyler Perry will give these guns over to him, get them out of evidence. So nothing can ever come back to Giancarlo, who is the person who did these killings. If Giancarlo Esposito gives us gives Tyler Perry the name of a chemist, that's right, a local chemist that makes these weird toxins that this assassin's using. So and, he does. It allows us to visit another Rob Cohen staple actor. Yeah, the guy from Fast and Furious, the original yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah. He makes it in that movie. Dies in that, lives in this, but he gets the shit beat out of him in this. <laughs> he does. And he gives up some information on the assassin that they don't really use that well. Newsflash. <laughs> they and then they turn that into like an OnStar commercial. <laughs> they keep talking about OnStar, and someone's trying to get the OnStar information. They're using the and it doesn't matter. Anyway, Matthew Fox is now going to target Jean Renault, who's about to give a presentation on his stupid city design <laughs> in Detroit. And McGinley's there. He's like, "We got it. We got this. We got it. everything protected. No one can get in. The speech is going to go off." Off without a hitch. Well, what happens? Well, Matthew Fox is, of course, he's riding the subway. Uh, he's got his plan together. He's decided he's going to do what everybody does and carry a rocket launcher into a fucking subway, <laughs> tap into the subway, into its machines, uh-huh. and then fire a rocket from across town into everybody. Not before these, as he's waiting this uh, the subway train, these three local toughs start giving him shit. <laughs> And making fun of him, that's, that's a bad move. They get on with him, continue making fun of him. But then he starts doing techno shit in the subway. They get nervous. He kills two out of three of them. Right. And he shoots the one guy in the leg for no reason. No reason at all. Because he ended up doing a coup de grace on that guy later. After he fires the rocket. Yeah, I don't understand that. I guess he wants them to suffer. I guess that's what... You know, he's a narcissist. He wants a crowd. I do love that, though. I love that he fires a rocket across town. And I love how fast it goes. Normally, they, to use a Justin Waddell term, they make a meal of it. You know, they show that thing zooming through, all, slow motion, like getting everybody all excited. That thing hauls ass. It does a weird thing, too, because like right before it blows up, there's like a cloud of green. And then it bursts into a fiery explosion. That is- Did you notice that? Yes. I don't know if that was a bad effect or if that's supposed to mean something. Was it like it, is that a color that's associated with him? Because the toxin's also green. The police station, they, they, t- they turn off the cell towers. It hurts Alex Cross and Ed Burns because they're, they're talking a home base and she's giving them the rundown. Mm-hmm. When they turn off all the cell service, they lose that connection. As soon as the rocket hits Jamas Ginley in the forehead mm-hmm. and blows the world up over there, Cell phones come back on, which which surprised me. You know what else surprised me? One of your favorite things they drop in the in this movie very awkwardly. Tell. 
The Wilhelm scream. Oh, the worst. The did worst. You hear it? Yes, I did. Yeah, it really hurt. Um, and actually, I was. They had an Ed Helm scream as well in there too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Poor old Matthew Matthew Fox. Job well done. Killed the killed the targets. Mm-hmm. The target blew everybody up. Well, goes back to his car and is just leaving the parking garage when he gets uh, just smashed into by Taylor Tyler Perry's car, not on purpose. <laughs> well, They're just speeding to the location, and they accidentally he just crashes into him. See, it's not right. It's not a it's not a purposeful ram. See, I thought that because she was feeding them back all the data from the car, I thought that was their that was their plan. You think that they, you think it was a purposeful crash? Yeah, he's like, let me put Ed Burns through through the ringer. Because he looks like, because Burns wasn't wearing a seatbelt for sure. He's all jacked up. <laughs> and Tyler Perry's got a, he's got a, uh, you know, an airbag that he's, he tries to knife a couple times before yeah. he can pop it. Yeah. Uh, but Burns is worse for the wear. He looks terrible. <laughs> yes. So I think it's a, I, maybe it's, they did it on purpose. I, it just didn't seem like it. I could be wrong. And Matthew Fox is not enjoying it either, but because his, his Cadillac is hurt. I know he gets out though and gets away, and um, leading to a boring conversation. Yeah, and he has actually has Alex Cross dead to rights at one point and doesn't shoot him. Right, like he aims his gun and then just kind of because he wants him to guess live with the pain of his wife's death, I guess. But they get into a weird fight. So Matthew Cr- Fox he has like a rock on a on a stick and he breaks Tyler Perry's arm with it. He has to drop him. And then they have a fight scene that there's no way that Matthew Fox would ever lose, <laughs> even get hit during. And they try to make it into, there's a, no crowd Maga on display though. They try to make it into a blurry action sequence. That looks like several times that Matthew Fox is on the rope somehow <laughs> and uh, getting owned by Tyler Perry, but there's no way you can believe it. Right. You saw him in the ring with a, like a, just a professional like right. MMA fighter earlier. Tyler Perry is fighting. He's fighting for three. Tyler Tyler Perry had Lucky Charms for breakfast. You know what I'm saying? He's not in shape. He's fighting for his wife. He's fighting for his dead kid. They're all punching with him, though. They're all swinging. Is that what's happening? Yeah, there's there's three. Knuckles in there? No, no. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's already forgotten she died at this point in the movie. But there are three tiny haymakers being thrown every time. Yeah. Little figurative child haymaker thrown at Matthew Fox, so and that might be why he's winning. But they both fall through the roof, and we get one of those things where everybody's dangling for life. Yeah, it sucks because you know Matthew Fox is about to inject some toxins in them, uh, you know Alex Cross, so he can have some time, spend some time torturing him to death. Right, because that's what happens. You're immobile, but you can feel everything. Yeah, just how Matthew Fox wants it, um, and. Just how this movie wants it. It's like when you get like a, a like a little bowel issue, you know. Oh, what happens? Alex Cross got a switchblade, uh huh, and he stabs uh, Matthew Fox. They fall through a ceiling uh, over the parking garage, and you know, poor old Matthew Fox is clinging to Tyler Perry's very out of shape leg, <laughs> and there's no way that that he that they were both going to survive. And so what happens? Some, good, some very good, some good writing. Mm-hmm. Matthew Fox screams, I made you. And then Tyler which Perry's is, scream. Which is not a brag. Yeah. Right. And then Tyler, how, what does Tyler Perry scream? Help. <laughs> he screams, die. Yeah. Does he say die? He just says die. And then luckily to feed along the whole Gandalf thing, Edward Burns is teleported up into the roof of this building. 
just in time to pull his partner out from falling. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about it is that Tyler Perry doesn't die, but Matthew Fox sure does. He falls about 20 feet onto a, a back of a car. And I guess that breaks his back or his neck or something. I was hoping he just bounce off the car and start running away. Now, if, well, if, if, if you knew anything about spatial distance, it's about yeah. 80 feet. Is it 80 feet? Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. His bones are shaped. Yeah. I don't think it looked like it's 80 feet high. And I'm so tired of movies that use old art houses as parking lots. It's so old. So dumb. And so then you think it's over. Matthew, but who was Matthew Fox working for, Nick? Who was the Geppetto in this situation? Who was pulling the strings? Uh, who was trying to make a real boy? <laughs> uh, Rachel Nichols. And so Jean Renault is out vacationing, <laughs> and he gets a call from Tyler Perry. He, Jean Renault's supposed to be dead, but Tyler, you know, Alex Cross knows he saw he. He saw this person in the hat walk into that about to about to be exploded was exploded. That was supposed. To, that's not Jean Renault, right? He didn't have this ring, this very they, special ring he wasn't wearing. And they checked. I noticed, yeah, they were going through people's teeth and bones and ass and all that looking for that ring. No luck. So I said, I know that you set your henchman in there to double as you. You he got exploded, not you. Now you're off vacationing. We planted drugs on you. You're going to get arrested, and they're going to put you to in front of a firing squad, all this stuff. And John Renault's trying to deal. He's like, your wife was never part of, truly part of the equation. John Renault admitting to everything, but he's mm -hmm. like, I didn't mean to hurt you personally. And, uh, and then Ed Burns clicks on, he's like, it, and uh, Rachel Nichols, she, and uh, yeah, we met that. He's like, yeah, we didn't mean And now he goes, who? Who? And then uh, Edward Burns says, who? Uh, I think I think uh, I think we're talking about Monica Ash. It's like, nah, and Ty Perry, very very stoic, very almost emotionless, says, "My wife is dead because of you," gritting his teeth. And uh, Edward Burns nudges him. Oh yeah, and a person on my team, um, <laughs> um, Jennifer. Uh, yeah. Like that. I think it was anyway, so that's it. That's they the cut movie. to uh, they cut to Burns. Uh, they're they're in the car heading away from the station, and he's uh, maniacally f zooming through Tinder, just <laughs> swiping his living dick off. Yeah, so yeah, I love the fact that Perry has decided to plant evidence, false evidence in Indonesia or wherever where where, where Jean Renault is, mm -hmm. and they've got a live webcam that they're watching him because they keep cutting back and forth to this him in this thatch hut, and then our guys at, in a police station looking at a screen. Right. That was an elaborate. But then again, who's going to spot them since their entire police department is rocketed? That's true. Gloves are off. Anything goes. I also found I out something new about the FBI when I watched this movie. What? All you have to do is fill out an application. Yeah. Edward Burns is like, oh, you're going to the FBI? I'm going to the FBI because we We're have a franchise to build. Yeah. Yeah, double cross. Yeah. So that was a weird one. I read the plot synopsis. It was they were going to be two Tyler Perry's. They were actually going to clone him. So two Alex Crosses in that movie working together. And then uh, the subtitles was a double Burns. So they were going to have two Edward Burns's that cloned him as well. Yeah. And then uh, they realized that um, they couldn't 
craft service couldn't have two Alice Crosses on set. That's that's why they canceled the sequel. The film cost thirty six and made thirty five point eight. It's not enough reason to not do it. Uh, there's gonna be two uh, Tyler. Per- okay, we're done. We're done. And they when they said point eight, they winked. They get it. Point eight. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's it. That's the movie, the franchise that never happened. But I bet Tyler Perry's proud of this one. You know, like he's probably has this the 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 Blu-ray on a shelf. Maybe bust it out. What company comes over? Look at my leading, you know, man role. He's like, I, I got to show up on set like one minute before cameras rolled. I wasn't in the makeup trailer for six hours. I That's love true, this yeah. movie. That said, is the world might be a better place if every like four years there's another Tyler Perry and Edward Burns Alec Cross movie. Nothing wrong with it. No harm done. We need we need this. Look, Detroit's a tough town. CD subculture places to go or you know, got to go with the one hand in your pocket one hand out it's like everything else but if you take a step down the wrong alley lo and behold there is a battered neon sign flickering the word tattoo and inside there is a man an artiste ready to put ink to flesh to make you uh, immortalize this film so what you get put on your bod i mean i'm 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 putting uh, edward burns on my i'm on my flesh of course and there's a scene in this that we didn't mention we kind of mentioned it and they break into the police station. And Edward burns on blowtorch, my friend. Edward burns on blowtorch. Which is not the and only blowing, blowtorching being done. Because Matthew Fox cauterizes his wounds and the lady's wounds with a blowtorch. Yeah, you're right. And so um, he got those cool-looking mirrored like <laughs> goggles on that protects yeah. your eyes from the bright, bright blowtorch flames. And he's looking like, you know, an extra in a Fincher video. Oh, you know like what I'm saying? Mad Max character, yeah. He's having a he's having the time of his life in the scene, and he looks he looks at his happiest at his coolest. That's what I put his you know the blow to what, what could he be blow torching? He could be blow torching something and a tattoo. I, let's just say Brothers McMullen too, or blow torching um, a list of agencies that have gotten rid of him. Maybe could maybe could be blow torching a creme brulee, brulee. right? Do that, mm-hmm. yeah. A little dessert yeah. to eat, yeah. That Tyler apparently gets to first. I don't know, but I, it's it's turning into a little bit complicated. The tattoo. I would get what Edward a great, Burns. what a perfect name to have too for this. What Edward Burns? Mm-hmm. So I get that uh, emblazoned on my flesh. What about you? Uh, I've got um, a giddy Matthew Fox j- having just withdrawn money from the ATM from his paying job. Uh, he's just, he's still ripped and shredded, but he is like it's a it's like a Jack Davis caricature of him giddily looking at the wads of cash in his in his hands that he got from getting paid to do this movie. Definitely makes an impression on this film. Old Matthew Fox really worked hard. You could tell he really took this one seriously. He's the one, a little, a little too seriously, maybe. <laughs> ah, more power to him. I like this. He's he was still trying to find out what his legacy would be. Mm-hmm. Now he did. Hasn't worked in like five years. I think he got in a little bit of trouble, maybe during the shooting of this. I think he beat, maybe got in a fight with a woman or beat a beat a woman up or something. Don't when say he that. Gone. Don't say that. And then um, Dominic Moynihan, his co-star in Lord of the Rings, uh, also criticized him. Said that was not an isolated incident. That Matthew Fox is a. Oh, I'm sorry, not Lord of the Rings. Uh, and uh, Lost, mm-hmm. his co-star. Said that it was an isolated incident. He he did this a couple more times beat up people, beat up women. So Matthew Fox apologized 
and then also denied that he was an abusive person. So who knows? Who knows who's right, Nick? I want to apologize uh, and deny beating the women that I beat. I don't know. I, I don't think he ever got. I don't. I didn't read too much about. It, but I don't think he ever got arrested or anything. So I don't know what happened. Look at Dominic Monaghan coming in with the fucking coup de gras of his own. I know, man. He's spilling. He's spilling the juice. Didn't like working with the. Jack from Lost, it sounds like. Uh, you know, Monaghan was in a relationship with eventually Lily. Of course I know that. So but I bet you there was some probably a little animosity there, too. You think so? A little darkness beneath the surf, yeah. No longer together. Uh, news. Yeah. Hard, hard to believe it didn't last. Anyway, Matthew Fox kind of reminds me of a little Jim Caviezel a little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can, I can see that. A little bit more personality, though. If he did beat beat up anybody but if you beat up some a woman bye bye don't 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 come back on our screens piece of shit stay stay away not that i support it but i think uh, he's innocent and i think this is very unfair that, uh... <laughs> go to go to bat for matthew fox on a story that you don't know about <laughs> Makes sense to me the film has ended um and there's a little bonus scene at the end waiting for you, a little stinger so mine's obvious. A little, a little uh, just desserts. A little, a little uh, late but deserved morning. Edward Burns at cemetery, flowers in hand, dropping them off at Alex Cross's wife's grave. Leaves. Huh? That's your. That's the the deleted scene. Yeah, we see Edward Burns walking to the cemetery with flowers. Leaves them on Alex Cross's wife's grave. And leaves. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> I didn't hear you right the first time. <laughs> My only scene would just be just be uh, Edward Burns going to a cemetery of flowers, and it lays them at the the grave of Alex Cross's wife, <laughs> and leaves. I thought you were going to say McGinley's grave. Um, <laughs> All right, all right. So look, you've been charged money. No, but mine, mine's different. You didn't say how's it different. Oh, how's it different? So you, your deleted scene happens, and then I get the part two. Okay. Edward Burns goes like you see him leaving. He goes, "Oh shit, that's right." And he walks back in there, and then he leaves another bundle of flowers at her same grave. <laughs> then he backs out of the cemetery, accidentally knocks over Nichols's tombstone, peels off. So you've been given yeah. the money to do your own sequel to Alex Cross. The money has hit the, the old escrow bank. Everything's good. What's yours going to be? I mean, I, I've already, I just got an idea that I think is fucking magic. Okay. So I want this movie. I'm not even joking. Archaeologists in Egypt doing a site dig and they find a chamber. Mm -hmm. in, in that chamber is obviously the bones indicate foul play. And who do they call to come solve that ancient crime? FBI profiler and his newly minted partner, Alex Cross and Ed Burns head head across the Gulf and they go solve an Egyptian crime. Are you serious? Yeah. It happened centuries ago? Yeah. They're piecing it together. Alex Cross is in the room. He's like, there was an oil lantern of some sort here. And then you could tell that they were playing with a rudimentary puppet and the, the dog that with the pharaoh, you know, like all this crazy shit. He's like, yeah, I see an electrical outlet. He's like doing all this crazy crime solving, but it's 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 our it's our favorites, but they're in a new location. Solving ancient mysteries. Alex Cross. I love it. Alex Cross the Pond, you know? They're, they're like, he's like, it's not really my jurisdiction. He's like, we have a lot of food here. And you hear you hear the plane taking off. You hear the planes 
the the plane's wheels squeal, <laughs> tire squeals, it leaves the runaway. <laughs> so my sequel is the camera cuts back to the parking garage. Matthew Fox, his dead body, is in the tr- laying across the trunk of this car, the caved in like back, you know, the back window and trunk of this car. Right. And you know, the, the, the cops, the crime scene detectives are trying to kind of pry the body from the car and they can't like how many stuck. We're just gonna have to get this. We're gonna have to tow this whole thing down to the, to the station, to the morgue. And they do, they get on a tow truck and you just see, you see this little, you see like Matthew Fox, like his little shoulder kind of rolls. You're like, is that the motion of the road or and his little shoulder? And then you see when he moves the shoulder, the tire, the left tire moves and he's, he, he moves his right shoulder. The, Right tire moves. And then the, they cut to his face and there's a big smile on it. And as he smiles, the grill of the car smiles. <laughs> and he says, I am becoming. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes a car assassin, Nick. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. I am becoming. <laughs> yeah, he welded to the car somehow. And he's. He's got that much hate and anger in himself that he can like Christine himself sort of and right. merge himself with a car. Yeah. Oh man, poor Alex Cross doesn't even have auto insurance. He's fucked. You know? <laughs> I don't know how to report this to 911, but I saw a car in an alley sort of scribbling on a charcoal, like a, an illustration. It's weird. <laughs> he was. Holding like a brick, like a like a piece of charcoal with his tire. Does that make sense? That's like I think I saw it. Uh, the, the, there was a. There, it was mannish. the The car was mannish. Mm-hmm. I got that. It's like, is this what a hybrid is? <laughs> and then he looked at me. The and I, I got to be. I got to be honest. The grill was smiling. It's like, <laughs> is this something you call the police about? And then it's like a it's like a centaur, like half Matt Matt Fox half. What was that? A Dodge Caravan? Yeah. I don't know what he fell on. Yeah. Look, you're in this. Your body has been taken into the into the reels of Alice Cross, and you're in the movie now. Oh, wow. What shape does your performance take? I play Matthew Fox's art teacher that uh, his week that his terror teacher for the weekend class. You know that he attends. You know Saturdays and Sundays that he pays me like a seventy dollar a weekend charge, thirty five dollars a session, and I'm angry. Okay. Because I got person in my class that's wasting my fucking time with his no talent bullshit and i go are you drawing tyler perry is that what's happening in my class tyler perry that's what i'm you're drawing you're drawing charcoal versions of tyler perry over and over again i want more you know and then um yeah that's that's my character i'm the angry art teacher for this assassin it's like you're the only thing you're butchering is that freaking paper Towards the end of the movie, I'm strapped to a hang glider loaded with dynamite. <laughs> Not because you're anything related to the film. That's just what you do. I go, maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on them. <laughs> so I'm pretty narcissistic myself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you hear about these these different people in the in this company are getting picked off, right? Right. Well, I'm an intern there. And I'm wondering where I am in this chain. I'm like sweating it. It's my third day there. And I'm not even on the payroll, but I'm an intern and I am checking into hotels under fake names. I'm never taking the same path to and from work. Play it smart. 
yeah, I've gone to get my name legally changed. I, I've begun some rudimentary plastic surgery on myself. I'm like, am I next? Where? I mean, they've already gotten her fingers, and they tried to kill the other. Am I for the next like five or six months? My guy is just taking out loans just so he can afford all these different hotels and safe houses and shit. Plus, you're and and one of the first COVID truthers, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Very cautious about everything else but that. Um, uh, well, so what happens? Well, Matthew Fox dies. Uh, he falls from the, the roof and dies on a car. Right. So, so I am never murdered by him. Oh, you, you survive. I do. I'm never murdered by him. Uh, but I but I also I figure if I read the news, I always feel like I'm being tracked. So I don't mm-hmm. find out about all the shit. I, like, I don't find out about Jean Renault getting caught in Indonesia. None of that shit. I come out. I come up for air like like three years later, and I'm covered in beard, and my hair is different. My face has been plastically surgical, and I, <laughs> I'm I'm not even. I've changed my gait. Right. I'm a little. I favor the left as I walk, and then I, I stumble across a, a tattered poster saying, "Have you seen John C. McGinley?" And I'm like, "What's this?" I, and I finally find out that I, I've been perfectly safe for several years, but. But you, but then you look to your left, mm-hmm. and there's a horrifying image. What's that? A horrifying figure to your left, and you immediately die of a heart attack. <laughs> and it's a man merged with a hang glider. <laughs> My he, character. He's become. Said I have. I have become. Yeah. I already became three years ago. Yeah. So you have been given the business, the ability to have your own business related to Alex Cross. Did you know if they ever did action figures for this film? They did, actually. And if you squeeze Tyler Perry's legs together, he almost sits up. I think that was the action. Yeah, they make, I'm making an action figure for Alex Cross. <laughs> and he comes with a, um, a couple different... You can adjust his wrists and his legs so you can get him... You can either make him standing uh, kind of to the left, leaning against a wall, and then you can adjust him so he can lean against the wall to the right. They were kind of to wave the figure near a Krav Maga building. So it got a sniff of it, you know. So you can adjust him, and that's 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 fun. So you can put him if you want to, kind of put him in like some of the office scenes where he's given a lecture. That's possible. And the one it doesn't come with any, doesn't have a badge or a gun, but he does come with the one sonogram photo, one printed out sonogram, <laughs> like a mini that he can hold. And then there's a function that he can, um, if you press in the back of his skull, the little, the little plastic head. And you load it up with with an eyedropper, you can get tears to squeeze out <laughs> when he's holding the picture. And the tears were actually taken from each of the financiers of the film at the show West the following year. So they were actually able to gather those and, and insert them into the figures, which I think is pretty cool. Huh? Well, treat that's Ed Burns's actual sonogram. His parent, his parents licensed it to the, <laughs> the makers of the in action figure. It's Ed Burns. So I have uh, put all of my money into. Uh, Giles Mercier, Jean Reno's character, and I've created a soft drink with his likeness. You know, trying to trying to get ahead of that, you know, truly thing, the white claw thing. Love to just be a fly on the wall of the pitch session. <laughs> Look, you're on an island. You're floating in the sea. You've gathered debris from all these films, and 
Today is your day to take something from Alex Cross. Let me go through my notes, see if I have anything highlighted. So I'm going to treat my island like a halo board. Okay. And I'd like to think that these magical items that I bring respawn, you know, if, if they're inanimate. You know, sure. Like, like a, a knife or Georgie. And in this case, I'm taking that rocket launcher. I'm taking that badass rocket launcher that Matthew Fox had. And I have had it positioned at the very peak of the most hard-to-get-to place in my quote-unquote map, my level. Mm-hmm. Every couple of days or so, I can get a wild hair up my ass. I go up that, I'll take that pilgrimage up there, grab that launcher up there, just fire the shit out of it and stuff. You know, fire it at all over the place. And, and put it down, knowing that when I come back up there, it'll magically have regenerated its payload. Should some sort of a rescue craft appear, or should some sort of a peacekeeping force or uh, some sort of a, a group of protectors arrive, I'm prepared. Castle doctrine, bitch. I got to protect what's mine. They could smell it on me. But you. This is going to be kind of weird. It doesn't really appear in the movie, but at what point, I believe Tyler, someone says this. Tyler Perry maybe says it to Edward Burns, that I'd rather take advice from a ham sandwich. Than. So I am going to just take from this movie a ham sandwich, cross my fingers, and I'm hoping that it dispenses advice, you know, about what to do on my island. I need some pointers, and I'm looking for that magical sandwich to give me those pointers. But unfortunately, all it says is watch Alex Cross now on DVD <laughs> over and over. And I'm like, that's not the advice I'm looking for. I got a neighboring island here full of horrors. <laughs> I don't know how to unsee it and unhear the screams coming from that place. And it's like a parrot. It just says Alex Cross now on DVD. And you're within rocket distance, I'm guessing. I'm hearing that stuff. Yeah. It's a party, man. It's, it's a charnel house. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm like, my binoculars out. I say to the ham sandwich, I'm like, is that one of the children from Dark Skies at the edge of the island looking lost? Is that what I'm seeing here, ham sandwich? And there's Alex Cross now on DVD. And here is, uh, imagine my surprise on this Thursday morning as I peer through my telescope and see a guy talking to a sandwich. But here's the thing. Is he holding a conversation with that sandwich? Here's the beautiful thing. It does only say Alex Cross now on DVD, but it does say it differently sometimes. So I start piecing together yes and no. And it's, you know, the different intonations. And yes, the bread moves like lips. Okay? Yes, the ham looks like a tongue. Right? Right. Yes, there's olives that are toothpick to it that look like eyes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's cute. And um, and I start, look, it does help me out eventually with its little mantra. How? Well, it leads me to suicide quicker. Self, unity, deodorant.
sweat, your elbow man. 